Why should a large portion of the country be rocking orange on Friday? The wide receiver room is continuing to get stronger, and there's lots of reasons to have confidence in beating BYU, one of those being the wide receiver room. But you are very fair if you are apprehensive or anxiety-ridden because this is one of the biggest of the biggest. You are locked on Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms, visually as well on YouTube. Find me personally on Twitter at All Day O State. Today, today we're partially brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to PrizePicks.com/slash Locked On College and use that code for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. The best daily fantasy sports made super easy for you. Make sure you check out prize picks. We are very, very, very right in our gut feelings to have some uneasiness because the one criticism I think that uh, most have had in regards to Mike Gundy is the capitalization or sometimes the, the failure of and just like we have the, the talk about Bedlam and people want to always bring up Bedlam to me, it was never necessarily the Bedlam problem. It was the fact that, you know, we played so many opportunities to play for a Big 12 title, win a Big 12 title or go to a Big 12 title game. And we ended up dropping a large portion of those. So as we said, I didn't care if it was Colorado, BYU, Utah, Kansas State, Texas Tech. If you have the opportunity to play for seven championships and you only win one right that's rough that hurts the heart a little bit and now we're in that situation once again and it's not OU OU is not the speed bump here right we already found a way to run them over speed bump is now BYU a team that we're definitely better than but if you watch them recently they're not a bad ball club and we've had several conversations from a national perspective on Preparing for any iteration of the option, triple option, speed option, it's kind of difficult to plan for because we all know it's about getting numerical advantages on the field. But when you have a triple option, speed option, that style of attack, it is really difficult to always maintain numerical advantages. Oftentimes, the offense will find ways to be in those numerical advantages. So defensively, you got to just kind of count on some dudes making some extra special plays occasionally. One of the reasons we should be confident, though, is in that precise department, we have the best linebacker core in the Big 12. We have one of the best linebacker cores in the country. We've had a bunch of, of film now to see what Xavier Benson can offer, sometimes outside of the playmaking, right? Sometimes it's Xavier Benson doing so much that he allows people behind him to make a little bit more of the stat category. And then you have Nick Martin. 
Nick Martin is one of the most underappreciated linebackers in all of the country, being top 10, top 12 in America in tackles. And when you hear Gundy talk about Mark, Nick Martin having a lot of freedom, right? Nick Martin has the ability to kind of be that extra spy for the quarterback, and he gets to make the distinguish it, distinguishment of when he's going to blitz, when he's going to back off, when he's going to fold into the flats. And then when you have somebody like Xavier Benson, you know Xavier's going to do the right thing. And Nick Martin knows that as well. This is why Nick Martin is freed up to do so many things. And then, of course, Colin Oliver. Colin Oliver's been an All-American. When he puts his hands in the dirt and we go to that four-man front, which we do, you know, 15 to 25-ish percent of the time, nobody has a plan to stop that. Colin Oliver is an undersized defensive end. Not really a prototypical linebacker, but pretty daggone close but he's still most effective with his hand in the dirt. So as an offense, that's something you have to prepare for. When you see number 30 put his hand in the dirt, you know you have problems. He continuously gets better in, you know, read and react type of game. We know we lose Xavier, but we also know we get Justin Wright back. We know we've got linebackers coming in this class that are already as big as, if not bigger than, the linebackers we have on the roster. That's something to be thankful for and to be confident in. But again, the, the apprehensive side of things is sometimes you can find a way to mess things up. Well, special teams typically plays a large hand in that. Thankfully, Alex Hale is pretty solid, right? He's not perfect by any stretch, but he's pretty daggone solid. And one of the biggest benefits to Alex Hale being our kicker is he knows when he makes a mistake, and then he knows how to physically, anatomically correct that mistake. That's a veteran leadership type of move, right? We talked about before the season. Last season, he kind of had a little hip injury, leg injury, had to go back to the lab, and it's kind of like golf. You just got to take thousands of swings with one individual coach, and you got to learn to kind of refine it. He's been able to do that. And we've seen West Paul can boot the tar out of the football. Well, we've also recently seen that Hudson Cock is a whole different animal. He is an athletic weapon. That hasn't even necessarily been needed to display yet. But it will come at some point in time. There will be a fake of some sort to Hudson Clark because he's like the size and speed of a safety. Why not utilize that? So we, we have a lot of things we still haven't even got to touch yet. But the apprehension, it does exist, right? Does it not feel like these are sometimes the games that we have difficulty with? Not just my Gundy, but as a team, historically. We're always better when we're doing the hunting as opposed to being the hunted. And right now, almost everybody in the country might be rocking orange and black, especially the Big 12 country, which we'll get to a little bit later. But there's a lot of people that are hoping that we lose. And guys, BYU is still trying to get bowl eligible. So there's no way in God's purple earth that BYU is coming into this game with anything other than knocking Oklahoma State off of its pedestal and creating more chaos. The Big 12 is chaotic. But what better than to have this amount of chaos and it all culminate with somebody from the true Big 12, huh? You like that? New, true, new, 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 true, whatever. Against Texas. Everybody in Big 12 country, unless you know you're a Texas fan, wanted no part of a Red River for a Big 12 title. 
right? Most people probably didn't want either team making it in, but it's almost a foregone conclusion that Texas is in. Question is, are we the team that gets to chop down Texas? Give me an 11-1, top four, top five Texas. I need that in my life. I want that in my life. But we got to take care of business too. Other than having the best linebacker core in the Big 12, and one of the better special teams units, I think the other most underrated thing is the wide receiver core. Because we're a run-oriented team. We were in the summer, spring, fall. We got away from it the first few games, but then we kind of you know, found our niche. And since we've been leaning on the run game, the passing game actually has gotten better, right? We're talking about numerical advantages. Whenever you run the ball so well, everybody since West Virginia has put seven to eight dudes in the box. They've got safeties creeping up. They're clearly designed to stop the run, which is why I liked the game plan this last week. Coming out with pass after pass after pass after pass. Is it our MO? No. But I saw immediately that it was all by design, and it was to get them to soften up their defense. And in in the beginning, it was a little rough, but it all worked out in the end, right? So I saw the method to the madness there. And as long as we can see the method to the madness, we're okay. You have every right to be scared. I am very nervous because this is like, oh, crap. The one, Gundy's got to get over this bump. But because it's not OU, though, we very well, very well could find a way to get over this hump here and get rocking and rolling in Arlington. One of the things that I think uh, can help us all is some of the comfort we have in the wide receiver core. And if you don't have the Oklahoma State wide receiver room, then you probably should get better wide receivers. Just leave ours alone. Go to LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs is going to be the best place for you to find the best qualified candidates for your position available. Even if that position is, in fact, wide receiver, you never know what you're going to need, what you're going to get. So LinkedIn Jobs is going to help you find the right team for your team faster. Just go there now. It's super easy to create a job post and then take your job post, add it to the purple hashtag hiring frame, and spread the word that you are, in fact, hiring. They've got simple tools and screening questions that make it super simplistic for you to focus on the right candidates with the right skills and experience for you. This is why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus our leading competitors. Go to LinkedIn Jobs today. It's going to help you find the qualified candidate you need to talk to faster and the best part, for free. Go to LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. Again, that is LinkedIn dot com slash locked on college to post your job for free today terms and conditions do apply what else is is applicable in today's craziness is yes the wide receiver room the wide receiver room that doesn't get a credit now if you look at the statistics on big 12 Brendan Presley clearly is a dude but outside of Brendan Presley On paper, it doesn't necessarily look like Oklahoma State has uh, the plethora of wide receivers that I think most of us can see. I think Leon Johnson is the perfect declaration of that because the dude went from basically third string, right, a developmental guy this year to help scout team to get prepared for next year, although he did come in very, very, very advanced for for especially transfer from, from the D3 level. 
But as we had his wide receiver coach from George Fox, Coach Shadbolt, on, if you're doing things the right way and you're teaching things the right way, that stuff, that can permeate and stay with you, right? It's the, the strength, the Rob Glass, Body by Glass program we were able to instill. A little bit of a hand strength, better bench, better vert, better uh, squat. And we're seeing a better result. So our third string, quote-unquote, air quotes there, because, you know, we talked about he probably wasn't a third-string guy all year, but it is what it is. When your third-string guy can come in and produce the way that Leon Johnson the third has recently when needed, that just goes to show you that the wide receiver room is pretty stacked. And now we're getting guys back. We talked earlier in the season about a couple young cats that were making a very good impression. True freshman Jalen Pope being one of those. The other one of those was Cameron Hurd, the converted wide receiver, right? We did a lot of comps with him and, and Cameron Epps early on in the season. Well, now Hurd is back in the fold as well. And clearly, if he's already back in the rotation, you're seeing Kale Cabanis out there as well. Rashad Owens has been a beast of a man. Blaine Green is ready to rock and roll. We know that when you when you lose somebody like a Talon Shetron, you lose somebody like Luzon Stribling, who will be back, mind you, then it does make life a little bit more difficult from a practice perspective because you don't have the scout team to get everybody enough, uh, enough go, right? And then from a defensive perspective, you want best on best as, as much as physically possible. But when you're getting best on a bunch of true freshmen, it's not exactly applicable to how the game speed is going to line up. And that seems to be a little bit of a, a limit, limiting factor. We don't have that anymore. So imagine those few weeks where we legitimately only had a handful of wide receivers and what that preparation from a week-to-week basis could have been like. And now we're getting everybody back for the most part. And then the guys who are not getting back were likely, likely going to get back next season. We saw sprinkles of what Dijon Stribling could be. We, we've always known that Jaden Bray has an immense capability. Same with Talon Shetra. These are all things that were known. Leon Johnson, coming from George Fox University, would not be classified as something that was known. That was not a known commodity. Rashad Owens. He was always that Swiss Army knife guy that we knew we could play at the X, the Y, the Z. Or we could even throw him a tight end cowboy back, and he could kind of put on some weight and do that as well. We always knew that about him, but was he going to be a premier guy? Blaine Green, we know he's a premier type of guy, but he also has dealt with a significant amount of injuries over his time at Oklahoma State. But again, do I love Casey Dunn's offense? Absolutely not. But do I love his wide receiver core? Still, yes, I do. Absolutely. Right. Well, there was always going to be concerns on could we replace guys like Bryson Green or Boogie, Stephon Johnson, or John Paul Richardson. And the answer is clearly yes. We were able to do that. I cannot wait to see what Leon Johnson is able to do from here on out. He's kind of a Jalen Warren in a way, right? He came here to get a little bit better. Right, graduate. He wants to be a math teacher. He's already kind of put that in his brain. He was fine with that at George Fox. He was fine with that when he came to Oklahoma State. And he's still fine with that, right? That's still his lifelong goal is to end up being a math teacher. But if you're good enough to go to the league, buddy boy, go to the daggone league. And you've been proving you are good enough to go to the league. I think one way we can help Leon Johnson III get to the league faster is more red zone lobs. 
Like, let him put his Marcel Aitman on display all day, every day. Why not? And if it doesn't work, then you stop throwing it to him. But every single time we get in the red zone, I don't care if we got to yell it out to the other team like, hey, we're throwing a lob to 17. See if Leon is able to Megatron his way, Marcel Aitman his way through those defenders to make the catch. I would be willing to wager that he will. So give him more opportunities. I think he's better at that particular route in the red zone than Jaden Bray. Jaden Bray's got the basketball background. He's got the athletic ability, no, no doubt about it. But from a high point red zone perspective, give it to the dude that's already six foot five, 220 pounds, and has the 38-inch vert, and has the 12-1 broad jump, and has the 500 squat and the 360 bench. Throw it to that dude. Because he's, he's a tight end, but way faster and way more elusive. So the wide receiver room is getting healthier as the season goes on. We're getting more guys back now than we've had since very early on, just to the wide receiver position. And as you've seen, it hasn't really been much of a limiting factor for us in the receptions category. Now, there's some drops, right? There's, there's some drops that definitely hurt drives. There's some drops that even, I think, hurt what Alan Bowman is trying to accomplish. But outside of those drops, Leon Johnson and BP have made some insane catches. Rashad Owens, you know, he's made some pretty good ones. I don't think Rashad's as good in traffic as Leon and BP by, by a bit. But it's been amazing to see the emergence of the wide receiver room because that was a big concern. Coming into the year, we know how good Blaine Green is, but we also know that Blaine Green's not getting as many snaps as as we all thought he would get coming into the season. The development at wide receiver has been still good. So, you know, Dunn's got his hands in that 100%, but you know who else does is Trayson Wallace. Trayson Wallace has been here from Jump Street, the very beginning. He's been a Cowboy. Played as a cowboy, learned as a cowboy, coached as a cowboy, still coaches as a cowboy, and the wide receiver room continues to get better even in the face of adversity. Even when you're a running-oriented team and the catches are a little bit bigger because you don't get as many opportunities, so the opportunities you do get, you have to capitalize a little bit more. We have seen that out of this wide receiver room. So, yeah, we can talk about the linebacker core being the best in the Big 12 all day, every day. We can talk about the depth at safety. We can talk about how the quarterback position has actually been pretty decent. When we get burnt deep, it's usually from our safeties, and it's usually Trey Rucker. Teams have identified ways to get Trey Rucker in one-to-one -one matchups deep. That doesn't ever favor Trey, so it's fine. But he's also got a couple of tips and picks and big hits along the way. So sometimes you got to take the good with the bad. You, we know what we have there. The defensive line's getting a little bit better, I think, each week. The offensive line has been pretty dominant. Like, if you go back and watch the Houston game, both O-line and D-line, being fair, they won the point of contact and drove the other team back a half a yard to a yard on both sides of the line at least 78% of the time, for real. So the O-line has been the biggest breath of fresh air. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit later on in the week about how we do have 28 seniors walking, but how many of those 28 can come back, right? A decent chunk. 
And the wide receiver room is young. We only have one committed wide receiver. Are we going to go after some more? Maybe. Do we need to, though? Obviously, not really. We're not super concerned about landing another wide receiver in this class. Will we? Inevitably, I'm sure, yes. But Trey Griffiths was one of the main targets. We got Trey Griffiths. We've got a lot, a lot, a lot of young cats. We've also got some older dudes that will have the ability to come back. So wide receiver room, not an issue. And we're getting healthier at a pretty good time, which is a benefit to everybody. Tell you something else that's beneficial to everybody, for the most part, is rocking your orange and black. Now, in cowboy country, we have a tradition of rocking orange on Fridays. We should talk about all the other people that are going to be rocking orange this Friday. But real quick, before we do, I do got to remind you the prize picks is the place that you need to go to play the largest daily fantasy sports. And it's it's super fun. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play any daily fantasy sports. It's just you picking two to six players, and then you play against their stat projections. It's just more than or less than. Okay? So whatever the projection on yards is, you just pick that player and more than yards, less than yards, or... We can mix and mingle and match with basketball now, too. So if you think somebody's going to grab 10 boards, then you can bet on that. If somebody's going to go over 100 yards and somebody over here is going to grab 10 boards and have a double-double with 10 points as well, you can bet on that. You also, with prize picks, get the reboot policy. With all of your entries, they have a, an insurance policy for football and basketball. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return for the second half, the players then rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with the injury insurance. you got to check them out. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnCollege. Make sure you use that code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. That's 100 bones. First deposit match by going to prizepix.com slash LockedOnCollege. Go there today. Get your money right. And throw on your orange because the Big 12 is all about the community relationships, right? It, unless you're OU or Texas, they're not really much on community, which is fine. It's also why they're, they're gone, and that's okay too. What's not okay is a repeat of Red River for the Big 12 title. There's not a sane, logical person out there, okay? that would want Red River as a Big 12 title game. There's just not. Now, the same people want anything other than that, whether it's Texas and somebody or Texas and OU completely out of the picture and two other Big 12 somebodies. So unless you're wearing purple in Manhattan, Kansas, or you're one of those other two schools, you should be rocking orange this Friday and this Saturday for that matter. There's a lot of big games Friday. Texas versus Texas Tech is a big one. OU, BYU, or I mean, sorry. Um, yeah, uh, OU, TCU, sorry. Yeah, there we go. There it is. That will, uh, you know, have some flavor and how this conference shakes out. But again, 
you're not a Kansas State fan, an OU fan, or a Texas fan, by golly, you ought to be a Cowboy fan. Because nobody wants to see Red River. Nobody that is sane and logical wants Red River for Big 12 title. Now, I do actually think I'm pretty appreciative of it being Texas that is most likely already in, okay? And we are going to break that the party because BYU, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU. None of them should want Texas to win the Big 12, or OU for that matter. It would not be good for the conference. Nobody wants that. Nobody sane and logical wants that. And we have the best opportunity to shake up the tree. K-State needs some chaos to happen. Big 12 is chaotic in nature, of course. We don't need to add to that. Let's make it less chaotic. Take care of BYU and then make everybody in Big 12 country happy by taking down the shorthorns of Tejas in Tejas and their own backyard, 11-1, the favorite for everything. Because if somebody dethrones Texas in the Big 12 title game, that's what's best for the conference. It doesn't even have to be us, but it looks like it's going to be, right? So everybody hope that we take care of BYU. I understand K-State Nation is not going to hope that, but Texas might actually even want to play us. Let's just be real. Texas is so confident and cocky, they'll completely brush aside the fact that the last uh, dozen years were like 9 and 12. They're going to completely brush that aside, and they're going to say, we want Oklahoma State, Oki Light. And we're going to give it to them. So everybody in Big 12 country, go go wear some orange. Go buy some orange. If you've got friends, real friends don't let other friends not wear orange. On a weekend, that's good for the Big 12. Right? We want 11-1 top four, top five Texas. That's what we want. For eyeballs, for marketability, for Brett Yormark, the biggest show, the WWE guys being in, in town all week, the Super Bowl halftime Nelly party. You want all of that for the Big 12. And if, whether it's us, K-State, KU, Iowa State, doesn't matter, but if one of us does knock off Texas in the Big 12 title game, that's what's best for the Big 12. We need that marketing. And Gundy has a hard time sometimes in these really massive games. He does. But it's usually against OU. We already got past that roadblock, which makes BYU a little bit more manageable. And he don't fear Texas. We as a team, we don't fear Texas. The fan base definitely don't fear Texas. We know they're good. But we also know that if fun, exuberant, aggressive, my Gundy shows up, we're good to go. We're in like Flynn and ready to win. 
I agreed with him going for it on fourth a couple times in Bedlam because I'd rather go out on my shield than go out taking knees. I ain't take, we ain't taking knees to nobody. Go out swinging. Go out fighting. Go out on your sword. That's what we did with Bedlam. It worked out. We took some chances against Houston. It worked out. Guys, we had a fake earlier in the year, which we don't ever do. It worked out. If we have that Mike Gundy, we take care of BYU, and we have that Mike Gundy against Texas, we're not that worried. We're not that concerned. And then we're going to be able to sit, bathe, and bask all of the country talking about Texas and Texas being back and Texas being instantaneously ready for the SEC. That's going to be the talk. And we can shut that up. And everybody in Big 12 country should be on board. So help a friend. Wear some oranges Friday. Orange on Friday. Because what's good for the Big 12 is us to win and to beat the biggest, baddest, all the marbles Texas team you can give us. That's more eyeballs, more marketing, more dollar bills. And if we win, more ability to prop the conference up over the SEC. All right. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun. I think we're gonna do a live show later today as well. I'm pretty positive. So look out on Twitter for that, and I'll try to put that out. All righty, y'all. So we're gonna have for this one right here. As always, God bless. Go Pokes, and thank you for tuning in to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. You could be anywhere. So happy you choose to be here. All righty, y'all. Later, taters.